Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shins that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. There's a reason why we're all in this sport. It's because, you know, at some point in your life, and a lot of it was when we were kids, you fall in love with it for whatever reason why. Uh, And to me, to go up there and celebrate, especially when there's kids up there, you know, that's memories. And maybe it's a kid that's never been to a race and didn't really care. Next thing you know, they're celebrating next to a driver. Like, it's, it's pretty special. And... You know, I don't think about it, you know, in the time, but it's, you just, you want to celebrate with everybody. You know, it's cool to, I told everybody come to the start finish line after, said all the, all the men and women that are here, come celebrate with me on the front straightaway and then go up there. You know, it's just about making memories and having fun because, you know, as I said, I don't, you don't know if you're ever going to win another cup race. So you got to celebrate like it's your last. That's why you see why I celebrate. So you never know when it's your last. I spent many years not even coming close to winning. So you're never going to see me get out of the car and do the hey and, and walk away. I mean, it's thrive motion. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. From the MRN Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you as we are getting ready for the round of eight to begin for the NASCAR Cup and Xfinity Series this weekend in Las Vegas. On today's show, Jeff Striegel, Alex Hayden, and Dave Mooney are going to join me for a NASCAR Live Fast Forum. We'll chat about where the playoffs have been and where we expect them to go as we get set for the stretch run of the season. We'll also be joined by the Bank of America Roval 400 race-winning driver, A.J. Allmendinger, will join us on the show. Plus, the 2024 NASCAR schedule is out and we'll check out all the changes that will be coming our way next racing season plus we'll preview the high stakes racing ahead at las vegas this weekend and a whole lot more but first kyle ricky is here with a check of the latest headlines in nascar kyle what do you have for us Mike, Haley Deegan will have a new home next season. AM Racing announced that the Ford Performance Development driver has inked a multi-year deal with the organization to pilot the number 15 Ford Mustang in the NASCAR Xfinity Series full-time starting in 2024. The two-time NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series most popular driver made her Xfinity debut last October at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. She finished 13th after starting 20th. 
One uncertainty for AM Racing is the future of Brett Moffitt, the driver currently piloting the number 25 car for the organization. But no official announcement has been made about his plans for the upcoming year. AM Racing president Wade Moore is hopeful that the 2018 NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series champion will be back with the team in some capacity. The goal for us is to to find a way to keep Brett um, within the program. You know, as of right now, we don't have anything to really report on that. That is still our intentions. He's done such a fantastic job for us, not only as a driver, but as it pertains to just a teammate and a person. He's truly a guy that is someone that you can build around and someone you'd like to keep in your program, not just from a talent standpoint. So, you know, certainly something we're going to keep moving down the field. We do have uh, we have all the necessary assets in order to run a two-car program next year. So that is the intentions as we move forward. In other Xfinity Series news, a well-known name is returning to the garage for the Contender Boats 300 at Homestead Miami Speedway. Ryan Newman has been tabbed to drive the number 66 Generax Generators Ford Mustang for MBM Motorsports. It will be Newman's first series start since 2012. And Matt Kenseth is making a return to the NASCAR Cup Series, but behind the scenes. The NASCAR Hall of Famer will serve as driver mentor and competition advisor for Legacy Motor Club. Mike. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, Jeff Striegel, Alex Hayden, and Dave Moody. Join me for a NASCAR Live Fast Forum. From outdoor care to home and auto repair, do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. So glad you're with us here on this Tuesday evening. Let us convene a NASCAR Live Fast Forum with Jeff Striegel, Alex Hayden, and Dave Moody. Gentlemen, welcome in. Jeff, I'll begin with you. We are halfway through the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs. What is your take so far about what you've seen? Uh, my take so far is that the cream is rising to the top, Mike. Uh, we've eliminated uh, another four drivers uh, just recently. Now we move into the round of eight. Uh, it was sad. I, I really liked the run that Kyle Busch gave uh, on the Roval coming up just short, doing everything he could. A tough break for Chastain, uh, not getting it done. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, we look at drivers like William Byron and Truex and Hamlin and Kyle Larson. Those are the four that are above the cut line. And, Mike, when I say the cream is rising to the top, I look at those as, as the drivers that, that we're going to be focused on as we get ready to, to move into the round of eight. Alex, three Chevrolets, two Toyotas, and a Ford have gone to victory lane so far in the playoffs. What do you make of that? You know, I, I obviously the the playing field has, has certainly been narrowed. I've never been really one to say things are equal because I've never been a believer in that in the NASCAR Cup Series. Yeah, the chassis might be built from the same place and technique, but the people who massage these chassis, the the people who make the calls from the top of the war wagon and the and the ones driving the race cars are vastly different. Um, you know, I, I look at it and I see Martin Truex Jr. has had a fantastic regular season, obviously, but not a very good playoff. I mean, Martin Truex Jr. is yet to even score a top 15 finish in any of the playoff races. 
So his regular season is what's gotten him to this point. But to Jeff's point with the cream rising to the top, you better perform better than that, a lot better than that, if you want to be a part of the championship four. So I think this is the time now. We're going to find out which teams can be mistake-free and most of all, who can get out of Las Vegas with the best finish and potentially a win? Because Las Vegas sets you up with plenty of opportunity to prepare for Phoenix. Now, my turn brother from another mother, Dave Moody, high atop turns one and two. Your thoughts from high atop those turn positions? I think it's been really interesting, Mike. You know, we've dismissed two or three former series champions from these playoffs already. Uh, we've got a really interesting mix of younger guys looking for their first championship and veteran guys that have been there and done that before. I'll tell you this, they had Kyle Larson below the cut line last week and had an opportunity to eliminate him and did not. They've had, uh, they've had Martin Truex below the cut line for most of these playoffs and have not been able to, to evict him from the proceedings. They may regret that before it's all over and done. But like Alex said, Martin Truex, if there's ever been a truer indication of the value of those playoff points that people fight for all season long and of that regular season championship, which is the equivalent of a three wins, uh, Martin Truex Jr. is that proof because without all of that, he'd have been long gone. And you lead me to my next question. Alex, I'll throw this one to you. Martin Truex Jr. got 15 bonus points for winning the regular season championship. But as of Sunday at the Roval, those dividends will cease to be paid. This is what you have now for the rest. He said, we've lost something. Do you agree with that? And what is his hang time in this round of eight that we're about to start Sunday? Great question. Have they lost something? I think so. I mean, performance is everything. And when you performed as well as you did in the regular season, then come playoff time and, and you can't even get a top 15 finish in any playoff race. Yeah, they've lost something. And it doesn't take much at this level. It could be the most minute thing, and it's all in the details. But if you miss a detail here or two details there, you're going to be behind the competition. Um, moving forward for Truex, though, I'm, I'm concerned. I'm highly concerned. But these tracks aren't awful for Martin Truex Jr. He's good at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. He's good at Homestead, Miami. He's been very good at Martinsville Speedway. So there's opportunity there. But they're going to have to put it behind them, Jeff, because right now, Martin Truex Jr. and that team, I'm worried about them. You know, I, I agree with you on that, Alex. You know, when I look at the four above the cut line and Byron and Hamlin and Larson, I really feel good about where they're at. And I really feel good about where they're going. I really think that those are going to be the three drivers that we will be talking about when we get to Phoenix. I think the oddball or the odd man out is position number four. Right now, Truex has it. Is he ready to make a run? and close out 2023 and race for a championship. Alex, I agree with you. I'm not sure I'm ready to just put him in there. Uh, we know Bell is going to be strong. We know that Chris Busher, I think Busher is, is the biggest dark horse out there. Uh, as much as you bring up Truex, can he advance? I look at Chris Busher as the forgotten one in this group of eight. Uh, we better not forget about Chris Busher because he is going to be a factor when we get to Las Vegas. That's for sure. I think that's his opportunity race right there. At least that's my thought going in. Dave, what do you think about Chris Busher? And as we look forward, he doesn't have his teammate with him anymore. It's just him and him alone from RFK. 
What do you make about Chris Bush or what he's done so far in the playoffs and his staying time that he's shown? It's been phenomenal. If uh, if you had come to me before the season and said that RFK Racing was going to put two in the playoffs and Chris Buescher was going to win three times and and they were going to advance one car to the champion or or to the round of eight, with all due respect, I thought you were nuts based on where they were a year ago. You know, 365 days ago, right now, Chris Buescher and Brad Keselowski were 21st and 24th in the points. Today, they're fifth and 11th. I don't know that there's a team in NASCAR that has improved that much in one season the way they did. And and you're you're right. He's kind of that he's kind of that stealth missile of the bunch that he could break through and win again at any minute. But I'll tell you the guy that ought to worry you if you're the competition, and that's Denny Hamlin, because they just keep knocking him off. Okay, little glitch on the radar this past weekend, but they didn't need to have a, a good day, and they didn't. Hamlin's just plugging along, and and Denny's doing Denny things. He's in the middle of everything. He's got the podcast. He's criticizing the schedule. He doesn't like the pet playoff. He doesn't like the payouts. He doesn't like the way the teams are organized. He's got thoughts about the new TV deal. He'll tell you when one of his fellow drivers isn't doing things that they're supposed to do. He's right in the middle of the mess, just like he always seems to be. But it doesn't seem to be distracting him this year like it has in the past. Well, Maybe not yet. Tell you what, let's table the Denny Hamlin conversation. We'll come back to it. In case you're wondering, we're getting ready to start the round of eight at Las Vegas this weekend. The four that are above the cut line in the reseed that happened over the weekend at Charlotte, William Byron, your number one driver, he is plus 20. Martin Truex Jr. has been reseeded. He's plus 15 in second. Denny Hamlin, third, plus 11. Kyle Larson on the cut line, plus three. On the outside, looking in, in fifth, you got Chris Buescher out by three. In sixth, Christopher Bell out by eight. Tyler Reddick is seventh. He, too, is out by eight. And Ryan Blaney is out by ten in the eighth and final playoff position as the NASCAR Cup Series gets ready to head to the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy in four from fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's up here for Ryan Blaney, four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. We continue our NASCAR Live Fast Forum with Jeff Striegel, Alex Hayden, and Dave Moody. A moment ago, Dave brought out Denny Hamlin seems to be in the middle of everything. Got thoughts to share. He's commenting about this, 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 this. And Alex, Dave made a comment that Denny isn't bothered by that. Is there an expiration date, in your opinion, considering he has gotten to the big dance so many times, but has yet to walk away with the hardware? I think what's different about Denny Hamlin this year as compared to other years when he's been close to winning championships and not getting it done, Denny's famous for, for saying he thrives in chaos. I think what's different is the chaos is dictated and controlled by Denny now where it wasn't in the past. In the past, he would say things, and then it would get reported by others, and things could be twisted and things can be magnified or, or, or amplified in different directions by not of his own doing. Now that Denny has his podcast, he can say exactly what he wants and control exactly what his words are. 
So I think that's the big difference. And and as crazy as it sounds, I think Denny Hamlin is in a better spot because of being able to control exactly what his message is on his own podcast, as opposed to what's getting reported. As far as the shelf life goes, I think this is as good a shot as Denny's ever had. And I think it's that way because I think Denny Hamlin as a person is racing different right now. And when you look at what he did last year in this round, he had finishes of fifth, seventh, and fifth and still missed the championship four. Now, we understand Ross Chastain and that hail melon move at Martinsville is what knocked Denny out. He was going to be in the championship four. But I think this round sets up very nicely for Denny Hamlin. And quite frankly, the chaos that he is controlling is going to serve him well. Jeff, what do you think? Well, I think that Alex is right, but I also think that what Alex is talking about is what is taking place off the racetrack. You know, we need to look at also what Denny Hamlin is going to do on the racetrack. Danny, or excuse me, Denny has made mistakes. Their team has made mistakes uh, that have cost them opportunities to win. You do that now, you don't advance. Uh, I, I think the good thing that we look at, I, I love all this that Denny is doing and Denny is creating. And I think Alex is spot on. Uh, he is leading the charge about what is being said about Denny Hamlin. I think the other good thing about Denny moving in is the fact that he's won at Vegas recently. He's won at Homestead recently. He's going to be a factor at both of those places. He can punch his ticket as early as Vegas. If he doesn't get it done there, there's no reason to think he can't get it done a week later at Homestead. I absolutely have Denny, even with all that's going on around him, advancing to Phoenix and racing for a championship. And you lead me to this next round, two mile and a half and a short track. You've got Las Vegas, you've got Homestead, and you've got Martinsville. Alex, I'll swing it back to you. Those three races, those two mile and a half and the short track, we mentioned Denny, and Jeff brings up a good point that Denny can get it done there. Who else, in your opinion, could rule the roost on these mile and a half in this short track coming up in this round? Well, William Byron won Las Vegas in the spring earlier this year. Kyle Larson won Las Vegas last year. I think both of those drivers are in prime uh, position to do that. I think the one that we're not even hardly talking about is also going to advance to a championship four because of the tracks, and that's Tyler Reddick. I think Tyler Reddick is outstanding on the mile and a half. 2311 has proven that they've got speed on the intermediate tracks. Throw in the fact that the second of the three tracks in this round of eight is Homestead Miami Speedway. He won his Xfinity Series championships by riding that wall lap after lap after lap. So I think this round sets up nicely for him to try to potentially get a win in, uh, in either Las Vegas or Homestead. He ran well at Martinsville back in the spring, but had some mistakes, and the team had some mistakes. So I think he's a lot better than what a lot of people are thinking. I think Tyler Reddick is in a pretty good spot to advance. So I, I really like Byron, Larson, and Reddick. I really like Denny Hamlin as well to be my championship four. All right, Dave, what do you think about the Tyler Reddick analysis? Yeah, I would agree wholeheartedly. I think it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun to see Reddick and Larson and a small handful of others battling for that insanely wide groove about an inch and a half off the wall these next couple of weeks. Um, and it'll be interesting to see who can get the job done there. 
who can get away without making that critical mistake with 10 or 15 to go. You know, we've seen that so many times over the years where Larson would be an inch off the wall all day long, and then with 15 to go would knock the wall down. These are different cars now, uh, and these bodies will take a little bit of abuse. I stood down there in turn one, and I know, Mike, your view was no different down in turn three at Darlington. Kyle Larson just nicking that wall every single time around and not paying any price for it and finding a ton of speed. With that said, you know, and I think you were exactly right with what we all said about, you know, Denny Hamlin is good on the next two tracks, but if he's not, you're going home to the Commonwealth. You're going to Martinsville where Denny Hamlin over the years, that's been one of his best racetracks. So I really like this round for the 11 team. Okay. So, Based on what Alex has said and Jeff and Dave has said, if we're operating under the premise that Denny's going to go to the championship four, William Byron's going to go to the championship four, Tyler Reddick and Kyle Larson are going to be at the championship four. If you had to pull someone out and put someone in, who would it be? Jeff, I'll start with you. Well, I think you're going to take Truex out. Uh, you know, of the three, of the four that you just mentioned, I have Byron going, I have Hamlin going, I have Larson going. You can make a claim for Blaney. He's going, you know, Ryan Blaney, he's going to be good at Martinsville. If we just had to pick one track for each, Tyler Reddick is going to be good at Homestead. He could punch his ticket there. Christopher Bell, uh, you know, he had the walk-off at Martinsville a year ago. He could do that again. And then you're looking at Chris Busher, who I think is going to be good at both of the mile and a half racetracks going in. I think you can make a claim, Alex, for the four drivers below the cut line. Every one of them can advance. And you can certainly make a claim for the top four with Byron only up by 20 that all four of those, if they stumble, could find themselves on the outside looking in. I agree. And I think with Christopher Bell, the big thing that Christopher Bell has going for him is qualifying. He knows how to qualify, and this team can grab pole positions, and that can get them track position right off the bat on what has become a very track position-oriented type of schedule. So I think the advantage Christopher Bell and, and Adam Stevens and that team has is they're qualifying. But he was only 16th at Martinsville earlier this year after doing the walk-off there last fall. Bell, it wouldn't surprise me if he advanced, but I just don't have that faith right now. Ryan Blaney is another one of those. They just haven't given me enough consistency to give them that opportunity. Seventh at Martinsville a little bit earlier this year, but Blaney just hasn't really shown me the consistency. I talked a moment ago about Truex. I, I just think that team is off just a bit. Chris Busher to me is playing with house money. And what I what I like about Busher is he's got nothing to lose. He's never made it out of round one in his Cup Series career until this year. However, in the next-gen car, there's been five times we've raced at Las Vegas, Homestead, and Martinsville. And Chris Busher, his best finish combined in the next-gen car at these three tracks is 13th. I know busher has been good this year, and they could jump up and win at any given time. They've had a tremendous season, but numbers don't lie to me, and that's all I can go off of right now when we look at predictions. So that's why I don't have Busher advancing. The round of eight begins this Sunday at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. The Performance Racing Network will have the call of the South Point 400. Gentlemen, it's been an honor and a privilege. We appreciate you joining us here on this NASCAR Live Fest Forum. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. Coming up. We'll visit with the Bank of America Roval 400 race winner, A.J. Allmendinger. He'll join us next. 
Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and warning systems for the automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Whelan products are designed, sourced, and manufactured in America and tested on site to meet the toughest industry standards. Whelan Engineering, manufactured in America for over 70 years. We never left, and we're here to stay. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Over the weekend at Charlotte Motor Speedway, the NASCAR Cup Series raced on the Roval, the Bank of America Roval 400, and at day's end, that race belonged to A.J. Allmendinger of Colleague Racing, and he joins us right now on the Zoom hotline. Welcome into NASCAR Live, A.J. Congratulations. What's up, Bagman? How you doing? I'm doing great, my friend. Not as good as you. What a day for you and that whole team on Sunday. Yeah, it's uh, it, it was special. It's still special, but... You know, we were, we were talking about before we jumped on here. It's in our situation at, at College Racing, still trying to grow, trying to get better. You just don't know how many opportunities you're going to get when you have a, a really fast Chevrolet like we did. And, uh, man, the second half of that race, it, it just seemed like I had so many different guys taking shots at me. And, and you know, at the end there with, with the 24 behind me, I knew I had to be just – as perfect as possible the last 10 laps of that race. And I felt like I was, I made a couple of small mistakes that let him get close, but um, just uh, one of those races that, that I'll never forget memories. And especially with, with my wife, Tara and, and our new baby boy arrow to be able to share that with him one month old. Uh, it was just a, 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 an amazing weekend that everything that's happened up until then, it almost just all erases. You know, I, I know you well enough to know that when you get on a road course and you get in the rhythm and you get in the zone, right? You're in that zone. You just talked about old Willie B turning the wick up on you in the closing laps there. And you got to go to that next level, right? You got to go to that next zone. What is in that next zone to where you know what you got to do, but you've also got to be mindful of what's going on at the back door? Yeah, in a way, I mean, and I'm and – I'm, obviously watching you with the reverse cameras, especially in, in these new cup cars, you can see so much. And, but in a way you almost have to tune it out and just run as hard as you can and not make any mistakes. And that's what I was really focused on. I knew where our race car was really good and I knew kind of where our weakness was. So I was trying to make sure that I pushed in those areas that we were really good. And then in those areas that we were a little bit weak, which was, uh, on the, the left-hander leading on to NASCAR one back on the banking, we were kind of spinning the tires there and, and even into the brake zones a little bit at the end of the back straightaway, that wasn't our strong suit. So it was about trying to get everything I could in the infield and then making sure that in those areas, uh, I, I was aggressive, but not over aggressive. Cause those were the areas that I could really make a mistake and, and get in trouble. So I felt like there with like five or six to go, there's one time that I really spun the tires bad coming onto the uh, banking and he got really close and I thought, okay, just settle down. And I always look at it as if I do everything right and he gets around me, then I got beat by a better driver, better race car that day. But the last thing I want to do was make that mistake and just allow him to pass me and give up the race for our race team. Uh, and that's really the mindset I had those last 10 laps, really the last 50, honestly, Bagman, but especially those last 10. You showed a lot of emotion, the cool down lap. We heard it. We saw the victory lane interview with Marty on the front stretch. And you're talking about, you know, again, you don't know when the next one's going to come. 
we don't have the decisions and the lineups for college racing in 24, but your reaction leads me to believe that you're not going to have the opportunity to race for a cup win in the near future. It may happen again. It may not. It just by reading the tea leaves. Is that the case right now that perhaps maybe your cup driving days are going to be about to be put on hold? Is that a fair assessment? Uh, we're, we're actually, we're still in, in that decision process. Those emotions. And I know all the questions at around the, the cup side and the Xfinity side of it. Uh, you know, the one thing that I know is no matter what, I'll be in a college racing Chevy, no matter which series. And, and I'm going to end my career in a college racing Chevy, whenever that is. I hopefully it's, it's still a few years down the line. Uh, but those emotions really didn't have to do with anything about next year's question marks. You know, no matter if I'm, back in the Xfinity series full time, I'm still doing cup races. So it's not like I'm not going to be in those races, you know, now how many of those would be, I don't know. That's something we talk about. And it's not saying I won't be back full time in cup next year. Anyway, those emotions come from, it's hard to win a cup race. And this year has been up and down. I, I call it a second year kind of season as, as a cup racing team, you know, and that, and that's what, where we've been at college race. We definitely were, more off at the beginning of the year than we expected. We've gained some, some momentum kind of mid year and some speed, but man, I just, it's hard to get up front and execute everything. You know, I feel like to win those races, you have to execute. Right. But let's be honest with a, with our race team, like you have to be almost perfect. There's other teams at the 24s and in the fives and, and the Gibbs teams, they don't have to be perfect. They can make a couple of mistakes and they still probably have a shot to win the race for us. We have to do everything right to put ourselves in position. We did that, and that's where the emotion is because I wear that on my on my heart and my sleeves and everything is I want to raise us always to the next level. And that's when we're not, I put that all on me that, that I'm not doing that for us. So that's where those emotions come from. Before we let you go, um, you mentioned your son, Arrow. You have a, a, a newborn in the house. How does becoming a parent change a man? Uh, it scares them to death, <laughs> at least with me. Um, it's, I look at th- so many times, a hundred percent. Thank God that I am married to Tara because she, she just, she takes care of everything. Uh, but you know, it's funny because I'll look over at her. I was like, I, it's still weird to me that like, I generally have to care, like really take care of another human, Tara takes care of me. So she's already had a kid in her life for the last 10 and a half years, but it's, uh, for me, it's, it's special. And, you know, I, it was something that I'd never really planned on. I, it was never a no, but it, it happened. It's happened. It's a blessing and, and, um, really special to win a race basically one month into his life. Well, we congratulate you on doing that. And I know that when he gets old enough, he'll look back and, um, live that moment for the first time. He won't be able to remember it now, but um, what a good weekend for you, the family colleague racing pops. We congratulate you on winning the bank of America Roval 400. Well, and that's all I'm doing here, bag, man. I'm trying to win more races, keep Matt colleague in business because I told him this kid's probably going to want to race. So he's going to need a team to go to in about 16, 17 years. So we're working on it hard, man, but I really appreciate it. Get the lawyers lined up with the contracts and the rest will take care of itself. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you, man. That's A.J. Allmendinger. Coming up, we're going to check out the 2024 schedules. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. 
Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Last week, the long-awaited 2024 NASCAR schedule release took place. And with the new schedule come many new changes to prepare for as we wrap up the 2023 season. Our Jason Toy is here now to take us through what's to come in the next racing season. The 2024 NASCAR Cup Series schedule is here, and the sport is set to make yet another splash ahead of the upcoming slate of racing. For the fourth straight year, the series will make its debut at a new track, the latest being the Iowa Speedway. NASCAR Hall of Famer Rusty Wallace was tasked with aiding engineers in designing this facility before it opened in 2006. I was watching what was going on out in Irwindale, California, with the two banking angles out there. I was kind of watching what the sport was doing. I said, so let's make it 12 degrees, 14 degrees, make it three-quarter mile. And so we started drawing it and found out we wanted to have a road course, but we couldn't fit the road course inside the track. So we said we had to make the track a 7-8, a little bigger, so it would fit. And then it fit. I said, okay, it looks great. 12 and 14 degrees. And we're going to have IndyCar races, and hopefully we'll have stock car races. And we pretty well had IndyCar all locked up. Well, they called us up and said, look, we're concerned that that 12 and 14 degree banking angle where they meet is going to be too steep for the underbellies of these Indy cars because they run so low to the ground. Can we make it 13 in the middle? I said, you know what? We can do that. Let's go 12, 13, 14. And that's how the final little thing got designed with the Iowa Speedway. And with that progressive banking, we were able to carry turn two, more banking longer off of turn two down the straightaway and make a smooth entry into turn one. And it created one racy track. I have not talked to one driver, not one, that hadn't told me I love racing at that place. God, I wish we had a cup race. Every single one of them. And now we all get our dream. A driver who shares Rusty's excitement is Ryan Blaney, who has won in both the NASCAR Xfinity Series and Truck Series at the .875 mile oval. I am absolutely psyched to go back to Iowa. That place was such an amazing racetrack. When we ran there, I got my first truck series win there. That place is amazing. I have a lot of family from Des Moines, which is not too far from there. So it's always been a special track to me for multiple reasons. And I think if any place deserves a cup race, I feel like that place is so deserving because they've been a part of the sport for a long time. They put on great events. The fans there are fantastic. So I I was so pumped when I heard that news and and really excited. It's out there for everybody now, and uh, I can't wait to get there. Can't wait to go back to Newton, Iowa sometime next year. When the Cup Series ventures to the Hawkeye State next June, it will be the first it has done so since 1953. One question that was answered ahead of 2024 was what would happen the second week of the season as Auto Club Speedway undergoes reconfiguration? Well, Atlanta Motor Speedway has been tasked with that responsibility. Not only will the track have a new date in the spring, the facility's second Cup Series event will now be a part of the NASCAR playoffs. NASCAR Senior Vice President of Racing Development and Strategy Ben Kennedy explains the move. Daytona 500 is our biggest event of the year and we carry a lot of momentum in the early part of our season and after seeing several races play out at Atlanta, felt like it made sense to move it into that second slot after Daytona. It was a natural fit for us seeing that we're not returning to Auto Club next year. 
as we think about heading to the West Coast Swing in Vegas and Phoenix. And then introducing it to the playoffs was kind of a myriad of things. Again, the racing product and what we've seen so far, the positive fan sentiment that we've seen around, you know, what it looks like on track. And then, you know, we felt like it was an opportunity to introduce a little bit of variety to the schedule in the playoffs. So introducing a drafting style track like Atlanta to the round of 16 to follow it up with Watkins Glen. And then the Bristol night race is really going to test um, the, the variability of our drivers and their skills as they think about punching their ticket to the round of 12. So something we wanted to do that was a little bit different and um, and shake it up a bit. The new look round of 16 of the NASCAR playoffs will come a week later than usual. The trio of events include Atlanta, Watkins Glen, and Bristol. Georgia native and road course ace Chase Elliott, who has won at Watkins Glen twice, does have reservations about the move as it provides a challenge in the postseason unlike anything we have witnessed. There's just so much out of your control when you go to those speedway races and you, you can put the perfect day together and, you know, end up crashed or whatever it may be. So, I mean, Watkins Glen to me isn't as much of a wild card race, but certainly adding another speedway race. I mean, that Talladega round has always been the round we're in right now. It's always been kind of the craziest round and the most unpredictable round just because you don't know. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen any week, but certainly that one is, is a bigger question mark than others. So I don't necessarily love that personally, but, you know, again, it's not my decision and we're all going to have to deal with it, you know, when it when it comes time. An event that takes on a new identity for the upcoming year is the Southern 500. In previous years, the coveted crown jewel has served as the opening race of the NASCAR playoffs. It will now be the final opportunity for drivers to qualify for a championship run as the regular season concludes Labor Day weekend. Daytona's second date held that spot since 2020, but the Coke Zero Sugar 400 is now placed a week prior to the Southern 500. In sports, timing is everything and next year will be the 30th year of cup series racing at indianapolis motor speedway with that being the case nascar and track officials felt it was as good as time as ever to make a return to the oval indiana native chase briscoe does have mixed feelings about the move as he's had success on the road course but does believe it was best even if it means a sacrifice to one of his strengths you know every time we talk about going to the oval i always tell people like from a history and significant standpoint i want to go back but I do feel like from a winning standpoint, I have a little bit better shot on the on the road course. So for me, I still would much rather run the oval if I was going to win one or the other for sure. You know, just for me in my career, I would love to be able to say I got to run a Brickyard 400. So the road course, you know, it wouldn't hurt my feelings if we ran twice here, once on the oval, once on the road course. I don't think that's going to happen. But, you know, it is a little bit of mixed feelings. But truthfully, I feel like if everything comes together, we can win on the oval too. But I have had success here in the past, like you said, on the road course. So it is easy to not easy, but you at least come here with confidence. We're on the oval. You know, I don't have a ton of laps compared to a lot of guys, so it is a little bit harder to be, I feel like it's confident coming into those. One piece absent from the 2024 schedule is an international race on the cup docket, but efforts remain ongoing for future expansion outside the United States. This is something NASCAR Vice President of Racing Development and Strategy Ben Kennedy says is on the forefront of future schedules. And As we think about international venues in general, we still are bullish about finding our way either north of the border, whether that be in Montreal or Toronto or another market or south of the border down into Mexico. You know, as we've mentioned in the past, we want to bring our NASCAR Cup Series there at 
some point. We think it's important for us um, to get outside of the United States um, with our series in some way, shape, or form. So that's something we're going to keep our pulse on as we think about 2025 and beyond. Even though 2023 isn't complete and this year's NASCAR playoffs are still underway, all the changes and unknowns that have been made to the 2024 Cup Series schedule will once again bring drivers and fans to an all-new level of excitement and intrigue as the upcoming slate of action nears. Thank you, Jason. Coming up, we'll preview the round of eight opener in Las Vegas. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Eight playoff drivers remain as the NASCAR Cup Series playoff round of eight gets underway in Sin City this weekend. Last year, Joey Logano, the eventual champion, won at Las Vegas. Could this weekend's winner be headed towards the same fate? Our Kyle Ricky is back to prep us for the weekend ahead. Only four races remain as eight drivers are still competing to be crowned the 2023 Cup Series champion. To reach Phoenix with a chance to race for the championship, those eight drivers will first have to navigate the three races that make up the eight-driver round of the playoffs. That round starts this weekend at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Last year, Joey Logano used a victory in this race to secure his championship four position and give himself and his team extra time to prep for Phoenix. It paid off when he was crowned champion. The driver who might currently be the favorite to do just that this weekend is William Byron. Byron is back on top of the point standings after the reset with his series best 41 playoff points. Byron won at Las Vegas back in March and is hoping the competition hasn't caught up too much this time around. Yeah, really just um, just the general balance that we needed in the car. Um, you know, I think we were we had a solid more than a solid car in Vegas. We were really fast, but we were a little tight in uh, in the third stage and just need to work on that a little bit. But um, yeah, I thought overall our weekend as a whole was was really strong there. So uh, we just got to get to that racetrack and and hopefully, um, you know, competition's not caught up too much and we can keep our advantage. Out of the eight drivers remaining in the playoffs, six of them have never won the Cup Series championship. Just like Byron, Ryan Blaney is looking to break through for the first time. Blaney finds himself in the round of eight for the fifth time. To finally get to the championship four, Blaney will need a good run in all three races as he currently sits eighth in the standings. For YRB, that starts by avoiding a mistake in Sin City. I think we've been, we've always been decent at Vegas. Uh, you know, the car, whether no, no matter what car, but uh, gosh, we had a super strong car there last year in that race, and I <laughs> messed up and ended up wrecking and really hurt us. But uh, no, Vegas has been a, a good place for us, for Joey and I, for really all our Team Penske cars. And um, it, is a, it is a neat race. You know, that place puts on a good show. You know, every year we go there, you know, that place is so dynamic and how you can run the racetrack top to bottom to middle. And um, it's just a fun place. And uh, I do look forward to going there and hopefully not messing up this year again like I did last year. While Blaney and Byron are racing for the Drivers' Championship, 
there is one driver who is racing for something different. Even though he is still winless in 2023, Chase Elliott and his number nine team are still very much alive in the race for the owner's title. Elliott says that that crown means a whole lot to his guys, and for that reason, he's been approaching these playoffs as if he was still racing for the driver's crown. I really don't feel any different. You know, like my my approach each week has been just like it would have been if I was a part of the show, you know, personally, uh, from a driver's standpoint. So it's just really not any different. And, and there is a lot on the line, you know, on, on the owner's side to the teams. It's a big it's a really big deal and you know thankful that between uh you know josh and jordan and corey uh and, and myself we were able to get you know get the car in uh you know in, in the owner's side and, and like i said that's a meaningful thing so i've been just as motivated for that as i would have been if i had made the driver's side and uh, we've enjoyed you know enjoyed the challenge of the first few weeks and and hope that we can continue to uh, to advance through the rounds um you know it's a good opportunity and you know, there's still a lot of racing left this year, and we'd like to continue to improve like we have been and kind of get, get back up in the mix. One of the four drivers who were eliminated from contention at the Charlotte Roval was Brad Kozlowski. While Kozlowski was eliminated, his teammate Chris Busher advanced to the round of eight for the first time. Busher will certainly lean on Kozlowski's championship experience moving forward. That experience will certainly come into play at Las Vegas a track that Kozlowski has won at three times. One of the things that will be on top of mind in RFK team meetings this week is how temperature sensitive Las Vegas Motor Speedway can be. That track is very temperature sensitive and it goes through big swings with daytime race and a couple of different times we've actually finished in the dark and, and that's, uh, that's a shift as well in how the cars drive. So it goes from ha having no grip to actually having quite a bit of grip and you, know, you think you, you just try to be prepared with that with how you drive the car is, is the biggest challenge. Like Keselowski, Ross Chastain's chances at the championship evaporated on Sunday afternoon at the Roval. It is extra bittersweet for Chastain considering how he performed in the round of eight last year. Chastain's results are so good at Vegas over the years that it is reasonable to call the track his best. Chastain wouldn't go that far but admits that Las Vegas has been a special place throughout his entire NASCAR journey. It has been awful kind to me. Got some humble beginnings there of starting parking. You know, I have those memories of going out there just with the sole purpose of starting, running some laps and, and stopping in the truck race. And that's how we got through the rest of the races throughout the year. We only had to do it a couple of times and those memories stick with me. Um, Fast forward to, yeah, winning my first National Series race. That was where arguably Darlington, but you know, definitely Vegas to come back two weeks later and win. But I prepare for it like any other race. I do have good and bad memories. So the, the bad memories early on with Start Park was necessarily that bad. It's just a, a fact of what it took to get me here. And I was willing to do whatever it took. So I prepare for it like any other race. And um, we just keep keep trying to build speed and confidence in our DIL work uh, with our simulators and, and try to build the best race car and my team builds the best driver they can and prepares me the best they can. We unload and we, we see what we have. So will Byron or Blaney secure their first championship four appearance on Sunday? Or will someone like Kyle Larson or Martin Truex Jr. cash in and get a chance to become a multi-time champion? Only one thing is for certain, only one driver will hit the jackpot in Sunday afternoon's South Point 400.
That Las Vegas preview is brought to you by Whelan Engineering. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, has been manufacturing in America for over 70 years. We never left, and we're here to stay. Coming up, we'll flash back to the 2001 UAW Daimler Chrysler 400. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We're about to head for the exits on this week's NASCAR Live. Before we do, and before we head out to the desert, we want to take a trip back in time to the 2001 UAW Daimler Chrysler 400. Gordon with that race lead. Closing up behind the car of Kenny Wallace as he moves off the corner. Just picking them off one at a time, two at a time, is Jeff Gordon down the back stretch. Kenny Wallace moves over to the left side. Jeff Gordon will pass him to the high side. No problems there. Second spot is still Dale Jarrett, about 10 or 11 car lengths off the rear deck of Jeff Gordon. Gordon takes it wide up off turn number four, coming back into the trioval, still passing some of the slower traffic, getting by Kenny Wallace, crossing the line. Now with two laps to go today in Gordon's margin, 1.6 seconds over Dale Jarrett. You can catch that race in its entirety at MRN.com under the MRN Classic Races tab or on any of your preferred podcast platforms. I'd like to thank A.J. Allmendinger for joining us this week. Also, our thanks to Jeff Striegel, Alex Hayden, and Dave Moody for stopping by. I'm Mike Bagley, and for the rest of the MRN crew, we thank you for joining us as well. Don't forget, NASCAR Live Wide Open Thursdays, a new episode drops then. And of course, we're back next week with another edition of NASCAR Live, 7 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday night. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina, and was brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Today's broadcast was produced by Trey Downing, Pat Jaggers, and Julian Council. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts and descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.